This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Thank you for joining us today on the Noon Business Hour. There's a belief among many younger adults that financial discussion should take place before a relationship gets serious. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, when it comes to the success of a shopping mall, it often comes down to three things. Location, location, and location. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Bob Fibbs, CEO of The Retail Doctor in New York. Bob, thank you for joining us today. And and Bob, an observation I had from over the weekend, and that was uh, I wanted to take uh, the girls, I have three daughters, uh, Christmas shopping, get presents for uh, each other and for their mom uh, for Christmas. And uh, I pulled up to this particular uh, shopping establishment uh, northwest of Chicago. And uh, despite all this discussion about the retail apocalypse, the police were outside telling people that you could not go into the parking garage because the parking garage was full and I had a thought and that is uh, so many shopping malls have gone belly up or are redeveloping over the last uh, five or ten years that the ones that are still around and dedicated to their original mission are uh, doing great business and and may actually be filled to capacity this holiday season that's not a question that's a statement you're exactly right Rob I mean that's that's the thing that people this narrative that Oh, everyone's online. That's just not reality. Yeah, some people only want to shop online, but for the majority of people, most want to go out and feel and touch and see. And a quick stat from Placer AI, who is a friend of mine, you know that the traffic to a mall went up 300% over the average day in 2023 just for Black Friday weekend. So this idea that, oh, it's not really that important. Hey, it is. What is the difference between a mall that is still functional today and thriving during the holiday season uh, versus one that uh, may be just a shadow of its former self? Is it uh, the types of stores? Is it the fact that the owner uh, may not have been uh, financially distressed? Uh, what's the secret sauce? Well, that's a great point, that single-owner uh, malls are much easier to redevelop for one reason. You don't have to try to get everybody aligned. And um, quite simply, the people who put money into the malls really starting in 2018 are reaping the benefits. So they added in different types of lighting. They added in those parking lights over each stall so you can quickly look down and see, oh, these are all red. Uh, there's the green one. They're looking at adding valet. They're adding uh, online pickups in some stores. But the retailers that I'm seeing who are doing well, like our uh, friend Naples Soap Company They're down in Naples, I think you were down there in Florida, you know, there's 14 stores across the west side of the state. They are excited because their crews are trained and they've been looking forward to this the whole time. And I think that's the key that you ultimately need good retailers that provide what we want, but they make you feel they matter when you're there, Rob. 
it feels That's like it feels like this is this is the old fashioned uh, miracle on Thirty Fourth Street strategy. It's not you're not there just to buy something. You are there for the experience, and the uh, the, the people who work there and the management uh, have to make it as much of a show as it is just uh, you you fulfilling some sort of need. They have to be aligned, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of malls are like Main Streets, too. You know, a lot of Main Streets had really tough times, but there's some really vibrant Main Streets around the nation right now because they did the same thing. They realize that the only ones that are going to make them successful is who? Themselves. So if they don't do a better job than their online competitors, and let's face it, a, a lot of online retailers have come into the physical space because it's so darn expensive to get people and the returns are so high online. So it's all of those things, especially apparel, you know, returns are something like 55, 60% online and they're in the single digits in a store. So that all adds up when people talk about pricing and everything, you know, the more times something is returned or touched, it loses value. So if you have an engaged group of people, you spend money on merchandising and you actually look to provide a better experience. I think the marketplace is telling us it's a success. And let's face it, you remember the mall is full. What does that tell you? You probably need to get there earlier next time. That is a very good point. Bob Fibbs, CEO of The Retail Doctor in New York. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up, having a money talk before the relationship gets too serious. It's 60 Minutes of Financial Planning. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. A survey involving members of the Gen Z and millennial generations finds that about a third feel honest conversations about money are important before a relationship gets serious. We're joined by Mark Horner, wealth advisor, Fairhaven Wealth Management in Wheaton. Find them online, fairhavenwealth.com. Mark, thank you for joining us today. So a third of Gen Z and millennials believe that it's important to have that money conversation before a relationship gets serious. How does that stack up to previous generations? Were uh, Generation X and boomers a lot more uh, private about what they made? Yeah, that's a good question, Rob. But I just got to tell you, this topic is hitting way too close to home for me because just this morning, I made a comment to my wife of 30 years about our credit card bill with holiday shopping looming, and I'm fairly cer- certain I saw fire in her eyes. So uh, this is a very difficult and, and uh, sensitive conversation to navigate, even for somebody that's been married for 30 years. Hey, Mark, you should so, get something very expensive to, uh, to paper that over. <laughs> I, I No, I got a big, big hole that I've dug for myself. So don't don't do as I do, or maybe maybe think about doing as I say on this on this topic. But you know, I've seen some stuff out there from other financial planners saying you got to talk about money right out of the gate before before a relationship gets serious. And I just I don't I disagree with that. I mean, I I think leading with a leading with a relationship uh, and talking about your uh, what your your feelings about Roth IRAs are or tax loss swaps and 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 money. I think is I think should be come later in the in the relationship that it's important to get to know one another another beyond just money and so maybe letting those conversations come up naturally as you're talking and getting to know somebody better about what their career goals are and maybe as a relationship is starting to get more serious if you think about family family goal conversations that that a a financial plan and money conversation I think will come a bit more naturally than putting tax returns out on the out on the table the first time you go to dinner. 
Well, I mean, it, that seems like just uh, part of just, the, as you said, uh, the the natural ebb and flow of a relationship. And that if you're three or four months down the road and you start to have those conversations about money, chances are money will not be the deal breaker in that scenario. I, I, I agree. And, you know, relationships are, are just they're they're about a whole lot more than just money. And of course, there's also room for evolution in how people think about think about money. And so get making trying to find that ideal partner that's got their financial house in order at uh, in their early mid or late 20s or 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 later. I, I just think putting that too high on the priority list is making is making a mistake. Now, now that that does not mean though having honest conversations about money and what's important to to each other uh, is is critical for a relationship. And this is going to sound self-serving, but it doesn't mean that it's not true. And that is a, a third party can often be a great intermediary uh, to work with couples. And so I can't tell you in 20 plus years of doing what I do as a financial advisor, how many times clients have used me as the bad guy to, to say, well, you know, according to the financial plan, and it's Mark's fault because he's the one that, we, that we're talking to about this, <laughs> that we can't, we can't do this or we need to think about, we need to think about our, our, our financial goals in a different way. And so, again, a third party can be a great bad guy. We're talking to uh, Mark Horner, financial planner and uh, bad cop, about uh, having the the money talk in a relationship. Very quickly, though, it's not just exchanging salary figures and uh, possibly talking about your money goals. Uh, one discussion question that I remember from uh, early on, uh, right before my wife and I got married, was uh, someone saying, uh, "What's the purchase?" What's the um, dollar amount, uh, the maximum dollar amount of a purchase you can make uh, without informing the other? And I think we agreed back then it was a hundred dollars. I mean that that is that like th- those are the money conversations you should have as well. Is is what level of purchasing makes you comfortable? Yeah, and, and and again on that topic, the whole the whole there's a there's a part of my life that I'm comfortable not disclosing to my spouse. I think you're heading down a real slippery slope. On, on that one and having separate accounts where my fun money gets gets spent in the separate account away from my spouse. To, I, I'm just not a fan of that. I think you need to be able to have open, honest conversations uh, and, and have an, an understanding ear for your spouse if, you're, if your goals don't line up perfectly. Uh, but, but I think having open, honest conversations, that's going to be the key to, to, really, uh, to really helping money not become a problem, which it can not become a problem in your relationship. Mark Horner, Wealth Advisor, Fairhaven Wealth Management in Wheaton. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, Wendy's plans to expand its use of artificial intelligence in restaurants. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Fast food chain Wendy's continues to be aggressive in its use of generative artificial intelligence technology. We welcome in R.J. Hadavi, Head of Analytical Research at the uh, foot traffic analysis firm Placer AI. R.J., thank you for joining us today. And uh, uh, what is Wendy's doing to uh, beef up its AI presence uh, in restaurants and in the drive-through line? Yeah, it's really coming through on the drive-through side, and you know, not unlike a lot of other players in the quick service restaurant space, uh, they've taken a look at whether or not AI uh, through chatbot technology is capable of taking people's orders. 
and they were testing it in the Columbus, Ohio market last year. And you know, based on uh, what they they saw, they must be excited about it because they're opening that up to franchisees that want to participate in it next year. Um, so that'll have the ability to take the order, um, you know, at the drive-through, um, and you know, can be rolled out across the chain. So just one of the latest examples of uh, restaurant companies using AI to solve uh, pain points within the restaurant. This is called Fresh AI, and it sounds like uh, if you, as the customer, you pull up to the uh, the, the, the drive through menu, and instead of uh, having a human being take your order, you speak to the chatbot, and uh, according to this early testing, uh, it was accurate 86% of the time. Yeah, and every year we continue to see advances in, in, in just the chatbot technology at the drive-thru, and every year the accuracy seems to get better and better, not only the, the partnership that Wendy's has, but other players out there like a Converse Now and others. Uh, we're starting to see accuracy get get better and better, and I think that this will continue to be uh, the norm in the quick service restaurant space. This is certainly one of those um, you know functions within the restaurant that I think there is a big opportunity with AI. We're also seeing, you know, you, you and I have obviously talked about robotics and, you know, helping out the cooking, you know, and, and preparation, food preparation. Um, and I think just even back of the house type uh, things like, um, you know, just inventory management, expense management, we're seeing really about every function within the restaurant uh, have some way that AI can help out with that as well. So I think it's going to continue to see the uh, exciting to see the, uh, you know, what we see uh, on this front in the years to come. But uh, yeah, I think uh, it's certainly here to stay for AI in terms of adoption of restaurants. And the bottom line here is that the, uh, the, the human employee who normally would be tied up taking orders at the drive through window would then be free to do other functions inside the kitchen or elsewhere in the restaurant. That's correct. And so the, if you ask any restaurant operator right now what their biggest issue, it, it, nine times out of ten, it's going to be labor and just not only labor costs, but also labor availability. And I think this is one way to kind of spread some of those more mundane tasks that a, that a crew member has to do, um, you know, let them interact with customers and do something else uh, that makes them a bit more efficient. So uh, certainly an efficiency element, certainly a customer experience element to it as well. Um, and I, I think overall customer satisfaction, if we do continue to see uh, order accuracy improve with these type of technologies, um, I think we all win here. And, and, and this has been uh, uh, very quickly, RJ. I mean, this has been the story of fast food since the founding of fast food. I mean, there was that scene in that movie, The Founder, about the uh, Ray Kroc acquiring McDonald's, uh, where he's at the original McDonald's and they're, they're timing how long it takes to get your meal. And it's three minutes. And even then, that was the result of technological innovation. We're talking about the 1950s. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I think here we are again, too. I mean, as uh uh, as the pandemic changed a lot of the ways in terms of consumers and how they, they get food and how they interact with quick service restaurants. Uh, prior to the pandemic, we were running about 60% of visits uh, to quick service restaurants coming through the drive through And now we're running close to you know, 75, 80%. Um, even that additional increase is put uh, strain on people, uh, on crew members and uh, restaurants are looking for a way to expedite that and make things faster and more accurate. And I think this is one of the things, one of the technologies that is probably easiest to adopt and implement. So I think we're going to continue to see more and more more of it. Uh, if you haven't been through a drive-through and take, had your order taken by a chatbot, I'm guessing you probably will in the year ahead. RJ Hadavi, thanks for joining us today. Still ahead in Travel Tuesday, making the most out of a tight budget on your next trip. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. As the noon business hour continues, topping our news at the half hour, a closing store in the West Loop, recently targeted by criminals, broken into again this morning. The details from WBBM's Nancy Hardy. Chicago police say thieves used a Jeep to ram the front door and security gate at Sovereign, a clothing store at Washington and Aberdeen, shortly after 3 a.m. Owner David Kim tells CBS2 between $50 and $1,000 worth of shoes and clothing were stolen. A car smashed into our store for the second time in three weeks. Um, you know, we've done everything we could with putting barriers up and gates and hiding our inventory. Surveillance video shows the Jeep slowly and deliberately crashing into the store while another vehicle drags away a security barrier from the sidewalk. Nancy Hardy, News Radio 105.9 WBBM. The U.S. Supreme Court agrees to fast-track review of immunity-based agreements ahead of former President Trump's federal criminal case. Anticipating Trump defense efforts to delay the early March election interference criminal trial, special counsel Jack Smith went around the appellate court that would be involved straight to the U.S. Supreme Court to consider several key Trump defense arguments, and the high court will do that, and quickly. Legal analyst Lori Levinson at Loyola Law. Smith is very eager to get this case tried before next year's elections. Trump's presidential campaign says there's absolutely no reason to rush what it calls this sham to trial. His attorneys have until December 20th to answer in legal speak, not political. Tom Foti, CBS News, Washington. It's 1232. Markets are higher today. Joining us now on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is J.J. Kinahan, CEO of IG North America, president of Tasty Trade in Chicago. J.J., thank you for joining us today. And the uh, big number out today is 3.1%. That is the year-over-year increase in consumer prices. And uh, according to the latest CPI, there was a a one-tenth of a percent increase in prices on a month-over-month basis. So, uh, J.J., it sounds like... Like on the uh, fight against inflation, it's steady as she goes. It absolutely steady as she goes. Always great to be with you, first of all. Thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, when a number comes in as expected, that's usually a happy place to be. The market kind of bounced around a little bit on the number when it first came out. But overall, right now, you know, we're, we're, we're up just a little bit, as you reported. I think the really interesting thing that's – there's two interesting things, in my opinion, that have gone on in the market over the last few days, and the first one being the big sell-off on crude oil today. Crude oil under $70 a barrel 
has really uh, eased some of the inflation fears also. Uh, but with that, what we're also seeing is, once again, the bond market selling off, which means rates are a little bit higher. So uh, although the market has not made a big move one way or the other, this inflation picture and what it means for the Fed going forward continues to uh, put the market in a, a state, of, state of questioning especially with uh, Chairman Powell coming up with his news conference tomorrow. I mean, it seems right now that uh, the trajectory of inflation is that uh, they will eventually get to that 2% target, and it seems like they'll get to that 2% target without driving the economy into a recession, knock on wood. Um, the other thing, though, is as the as the, the Fed holds its policy meeting this week, uh, it, they're probably going to hold rates where they are, and there's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of parsing over what Chairman Powell says during his news conference, but it seems like as far as investors are concerned, uh, they're looking ahead the next year, and they are pinning their bets on a rate cut coming sooner rather than later, and uh, the numbers that came out today uh, might have made that bet a little more murky. It, it, it did, but we still see that, you know, if you go out past March, you start to see us in a 50-50 or better uh, probability, you know, if you look at the, uh, the Fed to a CME, a 50-50 or better probability of a rate cut which again you have to keep in mind one thing the market has been rooting for this for a while for cheap money uh you know chairman powell to his credit really hasn't wavered a whole lot in what he's saying it's like we're getting to this two percent you see days like today crude oil selling off and i think that the good news for consumers especially i guess during the holiday season is that the price of crude which translates through to the price of gasoline is the first thing that hits people's wallets so this lessening of inflationary pressure right now could be a really nice thing for the economy overall and maybe help retail sales into this last uh, week and a half of holidays and then uh, since everything cycles into uh, how can we cut the CPI, uh, if there is the possibility of rate cuts in the future, uh, that makes the construction, the financing of the construction of housing uh, that much more appealing. And uh, you could actually uh, start building homes and 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 and, uh, and cutting back on that housing backlog uh, because the price of shelter is the thing that seems to be holding the CPI up right now. It really is. And, you know, there's been many articles about the affordability of housing. As to your point, the demand seems to be outstripping the supply right now, or at least of affordable supply. And so um, it, it is, I think, has been very uh, odd that although we've seen rates increase significantly in a year and a half, we haven't necessarily seen the supply of housing come to market that I think many people thought it would maybe a little bit easing of rates will help the people who feel, you know, quote unquote trapped. That is, they're in a house they'd like to sell, but they can't uh, afford to sell it, so to speak, because what they can afford on a mortgage payment won't be as nice a house as they're living in now. So it's a really bit of a vicious circle. So a little bit of an easing on mortgage rates, I think, will be very good for housing longer term. And as you said, it becomes cheaper for uh, builders to go out, find land, and put up new properties. 
J.J. Kinahan, CEO of IG North America, president of Tasty Trade in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Travel Tuesday. Just because you're on a budget, that doesn't mean you can't have a great travel experience, similar to one that costs much more. Let's get some strategic advice from Cindy Richards, editor-in-chief of SheBuysTravel.com in Chicago. Cindy, thank you for joining us today. A couple of weeks ago, we talked talked about the practice of duping, which is you can buy the store brand version of a name brand item or just purchase a higher quality knockoff of some sort of piece of designer clothing. And that philosophy can extend to your vacation destination. You don't have to to, to, to blow everything on a, uh, on a on a name brand resort or an expensive uh, tourist spot. Absolutely. There are so many places where you can get a similar kind of experience at a far, far reduced cost. Um, You know, one of my favorites is a lot of people go to Boston, right? It's a beautiful, wonderful city, so expensive, impossible to drive there. Um, But they want to give their kids some exposure to Revolutionary War history, and it is very real there, right? But you can take them to Williamsburg, Virginia for far less money. And I, I, I remember taking my daughter there when she was eight or nine, hated history. We went there. She ended up being a history major in college because she got such a great taste of history at Williamsburg at a fraction of the cost of what it would have cost to take her to Boston. And speaking of uh, Colonial Williamsburg, I know you've been on the program to talk about uh, college visits and possibly uh, killing two birds with one stone. Uh, You can also uh, knock out a visit to the College of William and Mary uh, if you go to Colonial Williamsburg. So it really uh, serves a lot of purposes on multiple angles. There you go. There you go. And, you know, I, another one that I'm I'm really big on is, you know, going to Disney. My, my husband and I always joked that you could spend two weeks in Europe for what it costs to go to Disney. And it's definitely a theme park experience for Disney lovers. They, you're a Disney lover, Rob. I know you would never give it up. But if you wanted the theme park experience for less, um, you know, if you're a, a thrill ride seeker, you can go to Cedar Point in nearby Ohio, an easy drive, no plane tickets required, super affordable. If you've got a family, I'm a big proponent of Dollywood in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. It's it's a charming, accessible amusement park at a really family-friendly cost. You know, uh, especially for people who are uh, roller coaster uh, cultists and really need to get uh, that G-force fix, uh, they go to Cedar Point before they would go to Disney World. I mean, the the roller coasters at Disney World are kind of tame uh, compared to what's available in Sandusky, Ohio, but uh, people do make that pilgrimage. And then when it comes to things like wine country, you think of Napa or Sonoma, but if you go to uh, Napa Valley and you go to Yountville, uh, there there are restaurants that are like $700 a person. And uh, you yeah. can do wine country uh, on a budget and, and still stay on the West Coast. Oh, absolutely. Uh, my friend Jane Woolridge, she recommends Oregon, uh, Oregon wine country. Super affordable, much more affordable places to stay. And doesn't have as many wineries as um, Northern California, but you know, there's 60, so there's plenty for you to experience and get around. And there's some really amazing things like, uh, you know, it's, it's where Harry and David is based. So you can take a tour of their factory and you get some free chocolate at the end. I don't remember ever getting anything free when I visited Napa Valley. 
Cindy Richards, Editor-in-Chief, SheBuysTravel.com in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday. And still to come, Chicago's pro soccer team as a New Jersey sponsor. Because money matters. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Following a year in which the team didn't have a Jersey sponsor, the Chicago Fire has one in place for the 2024 season. Let's get the details from Danny Ecker, reporter, Crane Chicago Business. Danny, thank you for joining us today. Now, for some of the other professional sports in Chicago, uh, adding a sponsor's logo to uh, a jersey is unprecedented. It is something that didn't happen before. But a jersey sponsor on your, I should say, a kit sponsor in <laughs> soccer is uh, part and parcel of the sport. Yeah, well, you know, soccer's always had uh, a bit of a different approach to that than just the major American, you know, U.S. sports, uh, NFL, NBA you know, hockey and baseball is just, it's been the, the, you know, it's funny if you actually look at uh, Europe, you have jerseys that have uh, always have had logos on them for a long time, but their stadiums usually don't have naming rights. And we kind of have the opposite here where naming rights to a stadium isn't that sacred, but jerseys are. And of course that started to change a little bit, but uh, uh, yeah, the, the fire now have a new uh, Jersey partner, Carvana uh, signed new multi-year deal. They'll have their logo on the fires, uh, jerseys and um you know it's a it's an important uh, uh uh development for the fire as they really tried to raise their profile in the city after moving back to soldier field a few years ago well it seems like uh for both entities uh they're 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 trying to recapture uh some lost mojo uh the the fire has definitely uh on they've seen better days they've they've struggled uh as of late and uh carvana uh flirted with bankruptcy not too long ago uh, how does this serve each party well, certainly for the fire, you know, again, they're really trying to uh, regain their relevance in the city's pro sports landscape. And I think when you have, you know, part of the reason they moved back to Soldier Field was not just to get closer to their you know, fans in the city and be more accessible for more people uh, than they were in Bridgeview, but to, to raise their profile among corporate partners and, and, you know, having a deal like this, this is typically, you know, the biggest sponsor that an MLS team has is their front of kit partner. Uh, so it's certainly, again, a validation point for the fire. And for Carvana, it's just a, a big platform, especially as you look at, um, you know, what uh, what the, the, the spotlight that soccer could have in the United States over the next few years as we get closer to the 2026 World Cup in North America. Um, certainly now the MLS has more eyes on it with Lionel Messi in the league with Miami. So there's opportunities to get some more exposure. And I'm sure that uh, Carvana saw an opportunity not just to be more involved with a uh, a Chicago team and, and, and grow its presence in Illinois, but, you know, reach a, a much larger audience through the, the league overall. And uh, once again, it just goes to show you that in this age of fragmentation where you can uh, narrow cast your advertising, uh, sports, whether it be the NBA, professional football, Major League Baseball, or Major League Soccer, that is an entity where uh, you will get a lot of eyeballs compared to some other advertising channels. Yeah, well, certainly, you know, the MLS has a, a really landmark deal now with Apple TV to show their games there. And so I think they're kind of betting on the, the growth and the exposure of that, certainly with more European players playing in the MLS, that that's more of a global thing as well. And um, yeah, I mean, sports continues to be a pretty compelling platform for sponsors. And, um, you know, the fire are just, I think Carvana here is betting a, sort of at the 
at, at a time on the, betting on the fire at a time when the team has not had as many eyeballs as they like on them. But uh, hopefully they'll be able to to ride them up in the last uh, next few years. Danny Ecker, reporter, Crane Chicago Business. Thank you for joining us today. If you missed any part of the Noon Business Hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.